Welcome to the Positively You podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Larson, and I'm passionate about helping you shift the way you think so you can create a life you're absolutely obsessed with. Each week, I'll be bringing you a guest or a thought that's going to help you feel more optimistic and equipped to take real action. Get ready to push past limiting beliefs, ditch that negativity, and start showing up as the best and most positive version of you. Girl, let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of the show, the Positively You podcast. I'm Jesse, your host as always, and today's episode is so flipping good. I sat down with my fitness coach, Natalie Adair, and we talk all things fitness, health, nutrition, weightlifting, the scale, your mindset, confidence. Like we tackle so many different topics in this episode and it is so flipping good. I have worked with Natalie for a little over two and a half years now. She's absolutely amazing. And so the fact that she was willing to sit down and have this conversation and share all of her wisdom with you, I am so grateful. This episode is so good. It's full of so many things and just will leave you feeling really good, really empowered. And that's exactly what we need. So let's get right into it. Today, I am so excited to interview one of the best people I know. Her name is Natalie. She has been my coach for the last two and a half years. I don't know, like my health coach, my fitness coach, my life coach, my everything coach. (laughs) She's absolutely amazing. And to have her on today is just a treat. I'm so excited for you guys. So Natalie, welcome. Thank you. Would you like to just kind of introduce yourself and let everyone know who you are, what you do, all the things? Sure. Yeah, all the things. Okay. So let's see. I have... Um, been a full-time coach now for probably about five years. Before that, I just kind of did it on the side, but I had a very corporate job at the time and realized that wasn't my passion. I ended up quitting my, well, kind of stepping down from my corporate job just because I wanted to pursue something completely different in fitness um, since that's where my passion is. So I've been doing that now for five years. Um, I have been working on my master's in sports conditioning and performance. I'm wrapping up my thesis right now Um, and also working on some more prereqs so that I can get um, a PhD in exercise science next, which is really exciting. Um, Outside of that, let's see, I, in my bachelor's degree, I had a minor in nutrition. I have a few fitness certifications. Um, Yeah, basically fitness is a big part of my life. (laughs) Uh, Outside of that, I am married with two children and I live in St. George, Utah. Awesome. And yeah, like that list of credentials and your knowledge is something I love about you. And like, you know, your stuff, like education is insane. It's crazy. And I love, I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I, I think that, um, it's really important. I, I don't think we should discredit experience because I think that's extremely important to have. But I think education is just not, if not more important. And I think that's where sometimes a lot of people fall short is they get to a certain point in their career and they feel like they don't need to go back and touch on education where this is something where in any industry you should always be on top of 
what's current, what's, what's most cutting edge. And so I really value anybody who takes the time, no matter what age they are, to pursue a better education. Yeah, so. and I completely agree with that. There's something that I am always saying, and that's always be learning. Like, yes, <laughs> to have someone coaching me that also has that kind of same philosophy. I know that whatever question I have and whenever I come to you, that I am getting the latest, the greatest, the most thorough and in-depth answers from you. Oh, well, thank you. That's very flattering. Yeah. I try. So I will just give a little bit of background. I, like I said, I've been working with Natalie for like two and a half years. And before I came to Natalie, I had had three kids in like five years, body through the ringer, right? All the ups and downs of body image. And if you were to go to my search history on my phone, it was low calorie diets like how to burn more calories. It was searching for plastic surgeons so I could have a flat stomach again. Like all the things I had before and after pictures of plastic surgery all over the place. And I finally was like, something has to give. And I found Natalie on Instagram. She actually went to high school with my husband. And so I think I found her that way. And he was like, there's this girl I used to go. She's crazy strong. And so I started following Natalie and I was like, okay, okay. She's onto something. She's onto something. And so not out of desperation, but just out of that I needed something to shift. I needed to fix my relationship with food. I needed to fix my relationship with the scale. And I just saw great potential with Natalie. And I have to say my life is completely 180 from where it was. I mean, it wasn't terrible two and a half years ago, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't confident and I wasn't happy. Yeah, I, I remember that. And, and that's, unfortunately, that's how most stories, especially with females, goes. And that's how mine started many, many years ago. I was in the same same shoes. I was like, okay, if I want to, because at, at that point in my life, I wanted to be skinny, right? Like I just wanted to be skinny and lean and that's all I cared about. And to do that, you know, we learn initially we've got to eat less and that's what it's about. Less, less, be less, eat less. Um, and so in the beginning, before I started my own journey, I was a hardcore dieter on a very restrictive diet. You could ask my friends and it was not uncommon for me to go to a very, very nice restaurant and take chicken in a bag and snack on my chicken in a bag and order a bowl of leaves. And that's all I ate while my friends would enjoy their big dinner. And that's what I would do. And I was miserable. And I was tiny and I got really, really sick. Um, so I learned the hard way. But uh, lucky, luckily enough, we all know better now. And we've learned that it's not necessarily about eating less, being less, having restrictions, because that's not sustainable. Nobody can keep that up. So I'm so happy that you found me. And it, it, it's just crazy because everybody kind of has a similar story. So, yeah, thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah, I think what you said, like we're taught less, 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 and it's it sucks, honestly. <laughs> I think that. Like I'm like, no. And I did. I went to other coaches and I had other macro counts done. And I think I remember when I talked to you, I was like, Yeah, I've done macros before and I told you my numbers and you just like took a deep breath and you're like, Okay, let's because <laughs> I was eating nothing and I wasn't happy, I wasn't feeling good. And so I don't know. So you're saying Let's hear a little bit more about your story. So Try. yeah, dive in. Let's hear it. Okay. So uh, let's see. I was a cheerleader in college and obviously there's some pressure that goes along with that. Um, and we, I remember having conversations like, oh, we shouldn't eat bread. We should never eat bread. Just crazy, 
crazy things that I tried to follow and um, I was just eating nothing and I was going to the gym way too much. Anyway, quickly learned that, um, well, no, first I actually got into fitness shows, believe it or not. And I did that for a while and I was really, really tiny. And then I kind of fell into powerlifting and had, and I shifted this aesthetic goal to this strength goal. And that's really where things started to change for me because when I was eating nothing and on this restrictive 900,000 calorie diet, I could barely lift 10 pounds, 15 pounds. So I had this body that was not functional. So it's like having this really nice Porsche that doesn't drive. Looks nice, can't use it, doesn't do anything. So my my goals changed to a strength goal. And that's when the magic really started to happen. I realized I can't eat like this. I learned about flexible dieting and my life changed, like undoubtedly. And then I started shifting to um, more task-oriented goals rather than something that's a process goal. So instead of saying, I want to look better or I want to like an ego goal. That's like, I want to look better than so-and-so I switched to a task goal, which is something I recommend all of my clients do. Um, and it was more, I want to be able to squat this. I want to bench this. I want to deadlift this. I want to get this many pull-ups. And that was a big game changer for me because I was no longer, um, comparing myself to other people which can lead to more fears insecurities that type of thing and also i knew i needed to fuel my workouts differently and that's when i started eating for performance um and that's kind of when i adopted a flexible dieting strategy this was so many years ago but um I remember in the beginning, I was like, no, we got to eat clean. We got to eat chicken. There's no way I can eat a donut and look good. And I was reluctant for about 12 months until I hopped on board 100%. And then um, ironically now, I think I look, <laughs> this doesn't, I'm not being conceited. I think I look better now than I ever have. And I'm eating more than I ever have. And I love that. And I, I love being a walking testimony that you can have a functional body that's strong eat well and be healthy and, and look okay and still love yourself. And that's, that's kind of what this is all about. So, yeah. Well, and I think that that's the point, right? Like, I mean, you're saying you have the Porsche, right? But you can't drive it. You can't use it. Like, what's the point if you're not, you're not actually healthy. And so that's what I love about when I came and started working with you is that I, I feel the same way. I feel the best I've ever felt. I feel like I look like the best I've ever looked. And it's the same exact story too. When I stopped obsessing about the other things and I switched to a task goal of, I want to lift this much weight, like magic. And yeah. I want to dive into that more because I know that weights and strength training, there's a lot of myths around it. There's a lot of misinformation around it. I remember going to the gym and I would stick to the machines. I would go on the treadmill for 10 minutes and then I'd pop on the bike because I was bored and then I'd go back to the elliptical. Meanwhile, my husband's over there lifting all the weights and stuff and I'm just like counting down the time on the clock because I'm getting super bored on the machine. <laughs> so strength training, like what are some myths you've heard about it or like some resistance oh. maybe against it? I, I don't get as much as I used to. In the beginning, when I started coaching, it was all of the common myths that we'd heard of. Ah, I want to do this, but I don't want to get bulky. Um, I want to do this, but I don't want my legs to be big and I don't want to look manly or, or whatever. And I want to prioritize my cardio because that's most important to me. I want to burn calories. Like 
just this, I ate this much and I want to burn this much. And I know I can do that with running or, or, or whatever modality they choose for, for cardio. But the thing is with um, natural, I should say, resistance training, if we're all natural, we are not going, females are not going to look like that. We, that's just not our, and if you do, congratulations, because I've been doing this for how many years and I still don't look manly and I am always trying to get bigger and bigger and bigger and it's hard for us. So um, just genetic wise, it's, it's not going to happen. You're not going to bulk up. So there's, there's not a fear there. We, we can kind of play around with different sorts of workouts to make things look different. So I always try to say, yeah, let's build out your lats so we can give the illusion of a smaller waistline, right? You can play around with resistance training to make your body look the way you want. You're not going to no coach is going to say, okay, you need to be squatting five days so we can only work out your legs and you're gonna, not going to look proportionate. That's just not going to happen. So I always try to explain that to my clients from the beginning. Um, and then with, with the cardio thing, a lot of people come to me and they're only wanting to do cardio but because they want that lean, toned, people say toned a lot, look, um, when really what they want is they want to see their muscles popping. We've all seen different body compositions and what they look like. So I know for me, if I weigh 125 pounds and I'm not lifting, I can look one way. And it's just kind of like that skinny fat, not really toned look. Um, or I can add in resistance training and be the same weight and those muscles are showing. And that's what we want. And cardio is not going to do that. Regardless of what you're doing for 60 minutes in the gym, you're going to burn calories. If you're on the treadmill, you're going to burn calories for 60 minutes. If you're lifting weights, you're going to burn calories for 60 minutes. What's going to give you the most bang for your buck? Well, that's going to be lifting because you're building muscle, which is that nice toned look that everybody loves. Um, and then also while you're at rest, you're going to be burning more calories if you have that muscle. So it, in the long run, it's just more bang for your buck if you prioritize resistance training and then supplement with your cardio as needed. But I try to tell people from the beginning, it should never be your priority. Um, if, if that's what your goal is. Yeah. So. Which I am all for. I hate cardio. And so <laughs> <laughs> when I heard that, that I was like the priority and the philosophy is like, sign me up. I am on board with this. If I never have to run again, I am a happy person. So, yeah. and yeah, the word tone, I mean, you're sitting here like air quotes, toned. That's like the worst word that was ever invented. <laughs> I know. I try not to bash on it too much, but when people say it, I'm like, okay, try not to cringe because I know what they're talking about. But um, when they say, I just want to tone up, it's really what you want is you just want, you, you're, you're actually wanting muscle when you say that. You're looking to be lean and have your muscle showing. That's all being toned is. Sorry, I have a child. <laughs> You're good. We all have them. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. And it's so funny. And I, I have people too, you know, that I will either be in the gym or I have it in like a year because of COVID. But, and they'll say the same thing, you know, like, oh, but I don't want to look like a man. And I was like, I am glad you are so confident that you could look <laughs> like a man because, yeah, like you haven't been able to achieve it. I haven't been able to achieve it. But there is that, that misconception, but you're right. It has gotten less as I feel like weightlifting and strength training has become a little bit more mainstream, especially for women. And that excites me because I know what it's done for me, for my body, but for my mental health has been huge. And I know for you that, that the mental health aspect of it and the self-love aspect of it 
is really big. So would you like to talk about that at all? Sure. So over the last year, um, as part of my research program, I really started to dive into sports and performance psychology and decided to, to just like make it an emphasis of my program because it's so fascinating to me. Because without certain things like motivation and confidence, um, our, our athletes and our clients, they are more prone to fail. And so I wanted to research more and find out how can I help them? Um, because unfortunately, when I started this job several years ago, one of my mentors, I remember her specifically telling me, um, if your clients aren't confident, don't bother with them. If they don't have motivation, don't bother with them. And that didn't sit well with me. I'm like, no, we can foster a motivational climate for our athletes, for our clients. And I wanted to know how to do that so that I could carry that into other areas of my life where I'm also a mentor, like just being a mom. I have a child who's on the spectrum and confidence and self-esteem just isn't there. And I'll, as soon as I started doing this research program, um, it just opened my eyes. I'm like, I can be a better mentor if I do these things. And at the same time, it was also helping me too, because confidence and self-love is an ongoing cycle. It's never going to be the same every day. Everybody's going to have a day where they wake up and they're struggling with something mentally. And what's important is that we recognize those days and know what we can do or how to help our clients and athletes build their confidence and self-love back up to where it needs to be. Um, so I, I just really took it to heart. It's something I'm really passionate about. I probably laid into my clients way too much, but um, I like to say our, our bodies hear everything our mind says, right? And so if we are going into the gym and we're thinking, and we're nervous about a squat, and we're thinking, oh my gosh, I might miss this squat. Well, I'll tell you right now, you're going to miss the squat because you're thinking like that. Our thoughts and our um, behaviors are so powerful and they'll impact everything we do in our life. And I just wanted to take that to the next step and be able to offer that support that a lot of other people just aren't offering to people. So that's kind of what I did this last 12 months. Yeah. And I loved it. And the, the new program that you have that you've given out to your clients and to me has been really awesome. And just having that imagery and that visualization and that exactly like I've gone into the gym before and I have a number programmed where I'm like, Natalie's insane. There's no way I can lift that. And sure enough, there's no way I can lift that. And then there's other times, like, I mean, even today, I was like, okay, we're going up. We're jumping up 10 more pounds and hit a personal best because you have to change that focus. And that's been something that's been really, really life-changing for me has been that confidence. And it's bled into other areas of my life, right? Because I can go to the gym. I can build up and build up and build up. And then at the end of, you know, a four-week block or a six-week block, I'm hitting these things that I never imagine myself doing and then it bleeds into other areas of my life and like well what else can I do or like oh my gosh you know I can try this now and it's just it's so cool how it bleeds into all of these other areas of your life yeah I mean people and that's why you said at the beginning you know sometimes you're not just my fitness coach it's kind of a life coach well that's because fitness is not just about working out and looking good. It is, it carries over to everything. Like you said, in life, it's going to affect your confidence and your self-esteem. And I mean, even evidence shows that those things can really affect your relationships, just your mood around your children, how optimistic you view things in life. It just, it can affect literally every single area. It's way more 
than fitness. Um, and maybe I just say that because I'm very passionate about it, but it, also the evidence does say that as well. So I think that's pretty cool. Hey friends, I'm sorry to interrupt this super awesome episode, but I have something that I need to talk to you about. Talking fruits and vegetables. Did you know that the recommendation is one to two cups of fruits and two to three cups of vegetables per day? Sure, sometimes I totally hit it. You know those days where I'm loading up on a green smoothie for breakfast, I have a great lunch, and I fill up my plate with veggies for dinner? But if I'm being honest, it's hard to plan and shop for and prepare, and sometimes even disguise all of those fruits and vegetables every single day. And it turns out I am not alone. Only about 10% of us are getting the daily recommendation. Oops. But friends, I wouldn't tell you this if I didn't have some good news for you. So allow me to introduce you to Juice Organics. Ever since I found Juice, I've been obsessed. And I haven't had to worry how I'm gonna get in my fruits and my veggies because Juice Organics makes it simple. And you know I'm all about simple. It's basically juicing, but without any of the mess. It's just one quick scoop and I'm getting over 40 organic fruits and vegetables that were grown by hardworking local organic farmers. And that's not even the best part. This isn't like choking down a shot of greens and then gagging and shaking your head with the aftertaste. No, no, this stuff tastes good. I crave it and I drink it every single day. To try it for yourself, head to juiceorganics.com. That's juice spelled J-U-C-E. And use the code positive U to score a buy one, get one free deal. That's positive, the letter U, over at juiceorganics.com. Let's get back into the show. Um, okay, so you're hearing this, you're listening, and you're like, okay, sounds good. I'm terrified of the gym. I've never picked up a weight in my life. Where do I start? Um, yeah, I, you know, I kind of envy those people because first off you get to go to the gym and basically I hate to say it, but you could do anything in the gym and you're going to see results because, um, some people call it newbie gains, but really it's because you are just opening this huge world in front of you and basically any sort of demands that you're going to place on your body is going to react quickly. So take advantage of it. Um, and you don't have to go into the gym and start squatting. Obviously, when I have someone brand new who has never touched a weight before, I help guide them through that process. When we start small, we start with what they're comfortable with. If they want to do machines, cool. Let's do the machines and work our way up. You don't have to go in and do what everybody else is doing. The second thing that I like to tell people is nobody cares what you're doing. As much as you feel like people are watching you and filming you and blasting you on social media, literally, people are so absorbed in themselves at the gym that they don't care what you're doing or what workout you're following. So if you're worried about people being critical of you in the gym, it's, it's not going to happen. So don't fear looking stupid. Um, third of all, if you're that worried about and you don't have that much knowledge, I really recommend getting a coach. Um, and not just because I'm saying, hey, I want you to work with me. No, that's not why I'm saying I'm saying it because if you go to the gym and you start working out with bad technique or form or with an improper program, it's so much harder to fit later on in life. Um, it's easier if you get somebody to be able to watch you and critique your, your um, 
your lifting technique in the beginning and fix it in the beginning stages rather than later on. And plus it can avoid things like injury and, and those sort of things. So those yeah. are always my kind of first recommendations. Yeah. I remember when I first started lifting heavier and you'd program some things into my program and I thought, okay, I got to go over to the, the big weights and there's people over there. My trick was to wear a hat. I, it didn't really do anything, but it made me feel like I was kind of, I don't know, more closed off, more in my world. So I had my hat on and my headphones and I just drown it out. And you're right. No one cares. Everyone's too self-absorbed. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> I like that though. I like the hat thing and it just kind of, you're in the zone, you've got your headphones, your hat, you know, and you're just focusing on yourself, which you should be. And that's yeah. how, how your training session should go. Yeah. Yeah. That's my little newbie trick hack thing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are, I know the question, how do I grow my butt? How do I grow my butt? Okay. With first with patience, um, a lot of people, you know, they have the genetic, um, factor playing in their favor and some people don't, is it impossible? No, it just is going to take time. Um, so first you need to make sure that you're eating enough. Um, you can, if you're in a calorie deficit, you can get stronger. That's true. But if you're in a calorie deficit, can you grow bigger like size? No, you can't. And anybody who tells you that is lying. So you, and I'm not saying a major surplus, even in maintenance, um, you need to make sure that you're in a good healthy zone of calories to be able to, and protein to be able to build, um, that kind of muscle with glutes. Um, they can recover pretty quickly. That's not something that you only want to train once a week. Um, but my favorite kind of split is maybe doing like a more glute focused day one day. Obviously, maybe if I'm doing squats, then I can, um, I'm, I'm focusing on glutes that, that day as well, if I'm squatting below parallel. Um, and then I, I usually have a third day. That's a, that's a lower day. So I'm hitting glutes three times a week and, um, I'm not doing uh, just one type of exercise. So I think people get really hung up when they see the swipe workouts and they see, you know, I'm going to do four times 20 cable kickbacks and then I'm going to do four times 20 banded clamshells and a, a, a ton of high rep body weight exercises. Now, those are great, but we know that to target glutes, you need to have a variety of exercises. And, some, and by variety, I don't mean 100 banded workouts. I mean heavy, medium, light. So we know squats, hip thrusts, those are huge glute builders. And so if you're not doing those, um, you're really missing out. And it doesn't have to be a barbell squat. It can be a goblet squat. It can be a, if you're not comfortable with anything, but maybe sort of something on the Smith machine and you're doing that or a, or a hack squat, it can be that. It doesn't have to be what a big time power lifter or Olympic lifter is doing. So right. I always say eat enough, get a variety, hit them hard, um, make sure you're challenging yourself. And then the, lastly, um, I think, where people kind of get hung up is they get like a six week booty burner program or whatever off Instagram. And then they follow that for a year. And what the problem is, is they're not changing their workout. So we need to be progressively overloading to have our body change. If we're doing the same thing in the gym every single week, our body has no reason to adapt. 
So you can change progressive overload doesn't even mean getting heavier every week. It can be change the exercise, adding reps, add another set, maybe a different stance, anything where you're providing something new to your body. So that adapts is really important. So after your six week booty burner program with so-and-so on Instagram, make sure that you're following it up with something that's going to be harder. So yeah, those are my best. Right. Tip. So it's not just order the booty band elastics and do a thousand reps. <laughs> no, and I, and I'm not dogging on it because I use that in my warm up for squats every day, and it, they do serve a purpose. But you need to have a variety, and your your bands are only only going to get you so far anyway. And if you want to increase your resistance, you're going to have to start doing some weights. Right. Well, and and one thing that I learned too is you only know what you only know, right? Right. And so a lot of times, like you said, I don't want to rip on it because you're starting somewhere, you're doing something. And then just with how you're progressively overloading and changing up your workouts, I think it's important to also progressively overload your knowledge and, and learn. And so that's why I love following you, but I also love following a lot of other people and then figuring out like, Oh, well, what is this? And why are they doing that? And asking why and how, and, <laughs> and for what yeah. reasons. And so I, I love that. Okay. So we've hit the gym. We know weights are important. What about nutrition? Ooh, okay. Um, so something I think that is extremely important, and I'm just going off of what the most common issue is when people come to me, is they usually come to me after a really, really bad experience with someone else, or they're already coming to me with extremely low calories. And um, the thing is, is if you go to so-and-so and they say, okay, I'm gonna give you your one-time macros, here you go, 1,200 calories, do this for 30 days, you're going to lose weight. You, you will, you're going to, you're going to lose weight. You're going to follow that 12. And then after 30 days, then what? Well, if you, your body catches on, your metabolism catches on to that and to continue to lose weight, you're going to have to take away from that 1200 calories. So this person is going to say, okay, now you're on a thousand calories. You're going to follow that and it's going to suck, but you're going to do it because this person told you to, and you're going to lose a little bit more. And then you're going to plateau because your body catches on. Now, at this point, that person's going to go, okay, either eat less, and you're diving into some dangerous territory now, 900, 800 calories, um, or the person might accuse you of not tracking correctly. Um, I find that happens a lot. Um, and then at that point, the relationship gets tumultuous, they quit or whatever, and then they come to me and say, here's where I'm starting, help me lose. And then I have to have the tough conversation saying, no, you need to be in a healthier place and we're going to have to reverse diet you out. Um, so what a reverse diet is, it's a very strategic way to slowly build back up your calories to a healthier place um, and so that you can start cutting again. So a, a lot of people will just automatically go back to like 2000 calories and then they can accumulate all this excessive fat. And that's scary. Uh, if you do it correctly, I have seen, you know, so many clients maintain the same weight that they're at, maybe gain one to two pounds here and there, which, which might happen when you're increasing calories. But at the end of it, you are going to be at a much higher place. Um, also, when you're eating more in a surplus or a maintenance. We talked about how you're building muscle. In a deficit, you're not. 
So it, you can continue to spill your wheel, wheels down there, but you're not doing anything. You can continue to do that for six months or you can reverse diet to a healthier place, build muscle, get your calories where they need to be. And then at that point, if you're ready, start to cut again from 2000 calories or wherever you're at. So that's always a tough conversation, but that's the reality. And I think that's what separates a good coach from a bad coach is who's, who's going to take that person down to a really dangerous place or who's going to have the tough conversation with them. That's what they've been doing is wrong. And they just, they need to reverse diet to, to basically get to their, their body to a healthier place to start. So, yeah. And who, um, what really helped me was when I first signed up with you in my head, I had, okay, I'm doing this for three months, two and a half years later, but (laughs) like, and I think I had to get out of that mindset of, I need to see results in 30 days. I need to see results now. And I really had to switch to, I'm going to show up every single day and just take it one day at a time. And I'm going to do what I need to do today. And this is just my life. And you always hear it. This is a lifestyle. I could, you know, till the cows come home, say that, but, and it's annoying to hear, right? Like I know it's a lifestyle, but it really is. And like (laughs) getting out of the, the like dead and it's good to have deadlines and goals. And me and you have talked about that, about that you need to have something that you're working towards. But I also just had to have it be like, this is just me. I've just decided that this is going to be a part of my life. This is how I feel healthy. And to get like these random, like scale numbers out of my head. And like, I still struggle with it. I talk to you on the weekly about it, you know, how I know that the number doesn't matter, but some days it just, it bugs me a little bit more, but in the long run, getting out of that, I need to lose 10 pounds in six weeks. It was just, I need to show up today. And yeah, having a coach that isn't relying on these like quick, fast transformations so that you can have a wow before and after picture or whatever. Has yeah. Really I, helpful. I think a lot of the people that we see on Instagram, they love to show the quick 30 day cut and the results. And those are great. I mean, congratulations. You did that in 30 days. Well, show me what happens after what's going to happen the next 30 days. That's not sustainable. How are you going to help them continue on their, their fitness goals after that? We don't see that. Um, and they don't post about it, but that's, that is the most important part is the diet after the diet, right? Is what, what is your strategy going to be so that you can continue to get stronger, lose fat, And I think that's where we kind of just need to bridge that gap a little bit better as as coaches, um, because I think a lot of people just really fall short on that part, which is unfortunate. Um, But I mean, that also happened to me. That's kind of how my journey started, too. And um, sometimes you're just going to have to learn the hard way. So, yeah. And something that I really love, too, with nutrition is, you know, I'm really big on mindset and mindset shifting and shifting into a different perspective where it's a positive spin on whatever and you're the same way but I don't feel like you've ever told me that I needed to cut out things in a way that says cut out you've said okay let's focus more on your protein or okay how's your fiber intake and like it's always been these things that I could do better or increase or do more of it was never like all right Jess you gotta cut out the (laughs) bread or whatever you know like and I could know that you know maybe I do need to cut back on carbs or switch something up but it's always been the focus on what can I add that's going to benefit me more instead of what can I take away? And that just, it's just a little mindset shift that's helped a lot with nutrition. Yeah. I, I definitely don't believe in a restrictive approach. I think once people start to say, I can't have this, um, I I have an example this morning. I, I have a newer client 
Um, I'm just going to keep her confidential. But basically the gist was she was nervous because we're going to start a cut um, and really wanted to just start binging all the things. And I had to remind her, I'm like, when I say cut, we're, we're doing a gentle deficit. It's not going to be anything like you've done before. And I'm not going to tell you to cut out certain foods. I would never say eat less carbs. I would never say eat less fat. I would never say you can't have sugar or even alcohol or a piece of cake or a donut or whatever. Um, I find, and I've done this for many years, when we tell people they can't have something, um, they're going to want it more, just like kind of like a child, like with your kid, you can't have that. Well, now they want that. Um, and that's just how we work too as humans. So yeah, I don't follow the restrictive approach at all. I just haven't had luck with it. It's not sustainable and it actually leads to in a healthy relationship with food. And then down the road, you can have much more binging and this yo-yo kind of diet, which is the number one reason why any diet fails is like the yo-yo effect. Um, and then you said something about being, not saying something was, was negative or something. Well, I, I just wanted to say like, I, oh, you wanted to say, I can't have less of this, but I want more of that. Um, I try to always take a positive approach with people. So instead of framing something around being negative and say, don't do this, you should always try to approach anything, whether you're a coach or, or a mom or a friend or whatever in a positive mindset saying, so instead of like in a squat saying, don't drop your chest, you should tell them, try to keep your chest up. It's, it's, you're going to have much more success with yourself that way. It's just a kinder way to talk to yourself and to other people, even your kids. So yeah, just wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah, no. And I love that. And that's feedback that I definitely think helps. And especially as like, I am lifting, right? Like if you're saying don't keep your or don't let your chest cave, the whole time I'm lifting, I'm going to be thinking don't, 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 yeah. right? Instead of, oh, do this. And as I'm like, you look busy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that. that looks good. Just that like that. Good. Do that in um, your bench press. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So one question that I haven't asked you yeah. that you would like me to ask you or something that you love to tell people, I'm going to let you form your own question. Um, What's a question you'd love to answer? Really, really putting me on the spot. I think we've I talked know. a lot about, I mean, lots of great conversations. Um, oh, geez, I don't even know. I think for any anybody to be successful with, if we're talking about fitness goals, um, I, I think the number one thing is to have the, just the right type of goal and to have a goal. So um, I get a question, I do a Q&A every Sunday on, on my feed on Instagram every week. And I get a lot of questions like, oh, my wife, you know, she, she goes to the gym, but she doesn't, she doesn't have a goal and she's not getting anywhere. Or why can't I lose weight? You know, I don't really have a goal, but I just know I want to lose, lose weight. Well, the, the, the problem is, is you don't have a goal. And we kind of talked about having a, a task goal versus something that's more a process or a, an ego goal. So I, when somebody comes to me, I always try to formulate the right type of specific goal. So if they come to me and they say, I want to, I just want to lose weight, or I want to look just like so-and-so or better than so-and-so, I'm like, we're going to have to have a tough conversation to reevaluate your goals to make sure that I'm setting you up to succeed. Um, so when we have a, a task goal, like say it, it, 
this would be a good one. I, I just want to do a pull up. Okay. If you, if you have that in your mind, I just want to be able to do a pull up and, or if you have the goal, I just want to lose weight and something comes up in your life and it's making it difficult to get to the gym that day, which person is more likely to go to the gym? The one that says I need to get that pull up by this date or the one that says I'm just trying to lose weight by whenever the person who's trying to get that pull, they're not going to want to miss that one training session that's geared around their eccentric pull-ups or jumping pull-ups or whatever program that day. Um, so it's proven that if you have the right type of specific task goal, you're more than likely to succeed. Your performance will increase. Um, you're less likely to burn out or, or drop out or compare yourself. You have less anxiety, less fear. Um, you're comparing yourself less. So I think if you were going to ask me anything, that would be to answer the question, how, how do I reach where I want to be with my fitness goals? Well, stop and evaluate what really is your goal? What do you want to accomplish? And how can you frame that into a task oriented mindset so that you're more likely to succeed and not drop out? So, yeah. Yeah. And just speaking from my own experience, I would say that too, because I did come to you and I had very vague goals and sometimes I still fell into the vague goals and we need to talk about that. But yeah. having a goal that is tasked like that, like I want to do five pull-ups or whatever, or just one pull-up, the satisfaction you get from achieving that versus the satisfaction of, I just want to lose weight and you don't have a specific number or whatever. I remember when I hit five pull-ups, it was like the best day of my life, <laughs> like because it was so cool. And I knew where I had started. I knew all of the time and the work that had gone into it. And it's just this like full circle moment where you just feel so dang proud of yourself. And it's not about what you look like. It's how you feel. And it's amazing. Those are my favorite client moments when, when people come to me and they PR or, or PB a lift, or they're able to do something in the gym, or even when I have clients come to me and say, Oh my gosh, I touched a barbell for the first time today. I was so brave. Like that brings me to tears. I get so proud of those moments because I know that it, it, how satisfying and rewarding it is for you guys. And unfortunately with the losing weight example, even when clients do tend to lose the weight, we still aren't satisfied with the way we look. I can't tell you how many times I prepped for a show and even the week of, I still wasn't satisfied with the way that I looked because of just so many, we just like body dysmorphia and just never satisfied. And it's just, it was a very, that's a very tricky place to, it's a tricky goal. And it's something that I, I think is really hard to be satisfied with where something like a pull up or a deadlift or a squat or whatever, like you, you just can't be that feeling. That's yeah. Yeah. Like you that. really can't. It's the best feeling ever. All right. So I have one other question, well, not even one, but I have a question for you then relating yes. to your weight and everything, because this was a, this was a touchy point for me when I started with you. Okay. What is your opinion on the scale and on weighing yourself? I, well, I don't like the scale at all. Um, do I think it's important? Yeah, I do. And when I look at the way somebody is losing fat, it's just one tiny little part of data that I look at. I, but I'm going to also look at body measurements. I'm also going to look at progress photos. I'm also even going to take into consideration things, comments from my clients when they tell me 
their clothes are fitting better or they're in a smaller pant size. Um, so if a client comes to me and say, oh my gosh, I weighed 140 this week and last week, but you know, I've dropped my pant sizes. What's going on, Natalie? And everybody knows, like I kind of said before, you can be 140 and look one way, or you can be 140 and have a different body composition and look completely different. Before I have babies, <laughs> I'm usually, you know, a certain weight. Then I have that baby and I'm a certain weight, which is about the same weight I am right now. Like it, it and I look completely different. You, if I if I could show a, a comparison of my postpartum body and my body right now, right? That's what I would be doing. But you can't see me. Same weight, completely different. Smaller waistline, more muscle. That's gonna. Those things weigh things. Muscle weighs things. And but you you obviously have less fat. So to answer your question. I do look at the scale because I think it's just another piece of data and I like to get as much data as I can, but it also mentally plays with our emotions because we've always learned that that's the best way to measure if we're losing fat when it isn't. Um, so sometimes I'll even have my clients hide their scale for 30 days. I'm like, okay, we're done. We can't be wing. It's just not a good place for you. We can't look at it as like a piece of data it's doing more harm than good right now so let's put it away and i'm going to look at your progress photos and your measurements and only base it upon that but if they're in a good place then we can throw the scale back in every day um but my only recommendation is always weigh yourself first thing in the morning and before you eat anything and just make sure it's the same time every day and understand that if you're a female it's going to fluctuate so you should always take the average of what you're body weight is at the end of the week because it's going to go to two, two pounds up one day, one pound down the next day, three pounds up the next, like that's just how women are. That's hormones, stress, water retention. So did you gain three pounds overnight? No, you didn't gain three pounds of fat overnight. That's literally impossible. So um, yeah, the scale, that's, that's a, that's a tough one. I know it's hard, but I, I still think it's important to look at as long as we can look at it in a way that's in a healthy manner and not so critical about ourselves. Yeah. And I was curious because a lot of people say, you know, I, I put the scale away. I haven't looked at it in years and there's that mentality. And I kind of had that mentality. And then I came to you and you were like, I want you to weigh yourself every day. And I was like, you want me to what? <laughs> and I was kind of like, okay, that's going to be interesting. But I did get to a healthy place. And it's like you said, it became data. Yes. And just information. And as long as, and it still messes with me, there are days, and it's so funny, it'll be like 0.3. And I'll be like, oh no, <laughs> it's 0.3. Like, what is wrong with you? Why are you upset about this? And I have to be like, it's data, it's data, it's data, take an average. And you know, so it's, it's a learning process for everybody. But I wanted to get your take on it. Because some people are just, you know, put your head in the sand, don't look at it all. And then other people are like, obsessed about it every day. So just finding that healthy balance, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, body weight, 100% does not matter. Doesn't. It doesn't matter. I've weighed 93 pounds before. I'm 5'1". That was the unhealthiest part of my life. I've weighed 125 pounds when I was really into just like getting big and more bodybuilding. And honestly, like, it doesn't matter. That's such a huge difference. I So when you step on the scale, just look at it as, okay, that's just where I'm at. That's it. It doesn't mean anything. Um, 
in fact, I sometimes I even like gaining weight. I wish that <laughs> I wish it was always like that. But yeah, I think it can be a sign of of healthy growth too if we're gaining weight. So yeah, well, and it's been it's been healthy for me mentally growth wise to get a healthier relationship with the scale and to work on it and be like, okay, I got on today. It was up, you know, 0.5 pounds or like, it's so dumb, but I'm like, no, but before I stepped on the scale, was I feeling good? Yes. Okay. How am I feeling? I'm feeling good. Am I feeling confident? Am I feeling sexy? Like, yes. yes. Okay. Then let's go off of that. So exactly. I love, and that's where I want to get people is so that they do feel comfortable getting on the scale. If they're scared of it, then we've got some work to do. Cause I want you to feel okay. Like this is where I'm at and this is my journey and whatever it says, it doesn't matter. It's not going to change anything. I'm strong. I'm healthy and whatever numbers on the scale that it really, it just doesn't matter. So, yeah. And that's the point. That's the whole point of it. Right. Is to get to that, that part. Yeah. And it's an everyday thing. And mm-hmm. yeah. so, okay. Um, obviously someone is listening to this and they're like, how do I find Natalie? Because she's amazing. <laughs> so how do they find you? <laughs> You're so nice. Um, so you guys can find me on Instagram. My handle's at Natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E, Adair, A-D-A-I-R. That's Natalie Adair. Um, or you can ask Jessie. Like, I'm sure she'll give out my contact information. <laughs> yep, it'll all be in the show notes. And Nat, Sweet. thank you so much. I love working with you. You're the best person ever and you've changed my life. So. Oh, you're so <laughs> sweet. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast so much. It's so great. And I'm super proud of you and all of the hard work you've done this year. So. Oh, cue the tears. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out with me again today. I'm so glad you pressed play. Before you go, I wanted to tell you all about the new community I've created to be able to dive deeper into the topics we discuss on the podcast together with you. In this group, you can surround yourself with support and conversations as we all work together every day to show up as the best and most positive versions of ourselves. I can't wait to see you in there. To join, just head to jessielarson.com and hit the big pink button right at the top that says Positively You Community. And remember, sharing is caring. If you enjoyed this episode, help others find it by sharing a screenshot and tagging at positively.jesse on Instagram. And if you're really feeling the love, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are pretty much magic for podcasts and it helps this show get into the ears of more amazing women just like you. Thank you again for listening and until next time, have an amazing week.